Hallelujah. Man, nothing better than, than getting together on a Friday night. Don't you love that? Hallelujah. It's always good when we come together in the house of the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. So I want to preach the word here. I'll give you just a short word. Then we're going to get into uh, communion. We're going to take communion. Amen? So we're going to, and then there's something at the end of service we are going to do. I'll explain it later, but it's, believe it or not, it's something when I was in the shower, the Lord gave me a vision of for us to do. Can you believe that? Yeah. Hey, wherever he wants to speak. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Luke 23, Luke chapter 23, starting with verse 26. I have a lot of scriptures that I'm going to go over tonight. I think that's important on Good Friday. Amen. Let's hear it straight from the word of the living God. Amen. So Luke 23, 26, start with here. Now, as they led him, Jesus, away, they laid hold on a certain man, Simon, a Cyrenian, who was coming from the country. And on him, they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. And a great multitude of the people followed him. And women also who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus turning to them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren wombs that never bore and the breasts which never nursed. They, uh, then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us and the, to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in the green in the green wood, what will be done in the dry? There were also two other criminals led with him to be put to death. And when they had come uh, to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots, and the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. Thank God he didn't do that, amen? Amen. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in the letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who, uh, who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for, of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Powerful. My goodness. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, 
when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not, not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I love that part. However, we speak the, we speak wisdom among those who are mature yet, not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Listen to this, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except for the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is of God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. The Word of God reveals to us very clearly that Satan and evil spirits were absolutely blindsided. They were confounded by the wisdom that was in the cross of Jesus Christ. Are you following me? I love that. Totally blindsided. It said if they have known, if they knew what was going on, they never would have let it happen. This reveals the amazing vastness of the wisdom of our God. And get this, we have the same Holy Spirit living in us that is willing to give us wisdom, the wisdom of God in any situation that we're facing in this life. Amen? Our speech and preaching of the cross of Jesus Christ is not in human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. I love that. In other words, listen to this. It is more important to be led by the Holy Ghost rather than being led by your limited fleshly mind and human wisdom. When you and I talk to someone about the cross of Jesus Christ, we are speaking directly to their heart. Don't try to figure it out. Don't appeal to their natural mind. You preach Christ and let the Holy Ghost give you the power, the demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. To many on that day, the cross looked like absolute defeat and humiliation. But little did they know that the power of God, the wisdom of God was playing out right in front of their eyes. Marianne and I, we were having a discussion on the way here. We are like, boy, good Friday. She's like, man, I kind of see it as somber because of what happened. And I'm like, man, it's good though. It's good that it happened, right? I said, it, I guess it kind of depends what, if you're looking at it in a human sense. Yeah, it's horrible. But man, you look at it in the spiritual sense. What a victory 
What a, oh, I love it. We blindsided the devil in the name of Jesus. The many prophecies that the word of God, uh, uh, in the word of God about the Messiah were playing out right in front of them. Every jot, every tittle had to be done. Not even a bone was broken in his body. Come on, somebody. Every cat of nine tails that Jesus was being whipped with uh, and, and that was gripping into his skin and stripping off the flesh. Come on, somebody. We watched the passion of the Christ this afternoon. My goodness. I got home from the church and I walked in right when, when that part was on. I'm like, oh, man. That's a tough one to watch. The agony that Jesus went through. And he did it all for us. Every strip that was coming off of his body. My goodness. It was guaranteeing our healing. It was guaranteeing our deliverance from the kingdom of darkness. Amen. By his stripes, Isaiah 53, by his stripes, it says we are healed. And then 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes, we were healed. There was an R and there was, come on somebody. There was an R, there was a were, and it comes together. Now, go with me to Isaiah 53. Hallelujah. I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost here. Isaiah 53, let's look at this here. Powerful. Isaiah 53, 4 through 7. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. That literally means sicknesses and disease. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities or sin. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. I mean, everything, the sin of the whole world was being laid on that man. I think about that. In fact, he looked up, he goes, Father, why have you forsaken me? He was feeling the weight of it all. Come on. Think about that when you read that. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one of every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I mean, you got to think about this. This is heavy. This is heavy. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. I am so glad that he did not open his mouth. Amen. The Lord, has, the, the iniquity of us all was upon him. The provision has been made for to take our sin away and to take every, here it is, legal right. Of sickness, disease, bondage, depression, infirmity, you name it. This is the image that the Holy Spirit gave me. I, you know, we're of course buying a house right now, and this is the image. He said the provision has been made. It's like, it's like um, when the gas company puts a natural gas line down a road. If the houses want to take advantage of it, they have to tap in. Say tap in. And we tap in by faith into the Lord Jesus Christ and those benefits. Amen? 
Jesus Christ, it says, is the true vine. All you need to do is tap into his vine. Him, the true vine, and his uh, benefits and promises by faith. It is up to us to tap into it. The provision has been made. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Hallelujah. This message is titled, The Perfect Sacrifice. Perfect. Say perfect. I mean, without blemish. This, this, oh, Satan hates the Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom of darkness hates Jesus so much. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 2, 21. It says, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us. He didn't just suffer to be with us or to know what we would feel. He suffered for us. So we wouldn't have to suffer. Think about that. Leaving us an example that you should also follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. He hung on a tree. Galatians says this, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He took the curse. That blessing would come to us. Think about that. Go to Hebrews chapter 9. Jesus committed no sin. He was absolutely sinless. He was perfect. Amen. I like it. Nor deceit found in his mouth. He was sinless. He was spotless. He was the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Go to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 23. Therefore, it was necessary that the copy of the things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God for us, not that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another, he then would have have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. As, as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered once. He's not coming back down to this earth. He came one time. He's the perfect sacrifice one time. Yes. Offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. Now jump with me to uh, Hebrews 10. This is just powerful. I couldn't let this passage go. It's so deep. Let the Holy Spirit just let this soak in on the inside of you as I read this. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, 
And not the very image of the things can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered. For the worshipers, once purified, would have been uh, would have had no more conscious, uh, consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sins... You had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, Sacrifices and offering and burnt offerings and offerings for sins you did not desire nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. Jesus fulfilled the law. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. For after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. So he's talking about the new covenant, says the Lord. Here it is. I will put my laws into their hearts. And in their minds, I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Why do you keep bringing it up then? The blood of Jesus is strong enough. It all comes down to faith in the blood. Now, where there is remission of these, of these there is no longer an offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, having a, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast, fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Man, that was long, but there's some good stuff. That's straight from the Word of God. We can enter the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus. The Word of God says that we can approach our Heavenly Father with boldness. So many Christians, are, are they want to run away from God when they mess up. We're supposed to run toward Him. 
You got to get a revel. You need a fresh revelation of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before Jesus, under the old covenant, many sacrifices, many burnt offerings had to take place. Nothing was strong enough to take our sin away. Nothing was strong enough to take that legal right from Satan away except for the blood of Jesus Christ. So here we go. As we continue on here, the Word of God refers to the blood of Jesus as precious. In 1 Peter chapter 1, go there with me. 1 Peter. Now remember, we're going to be doing communion at the end. So we're really delving into the blood. Say the blood of Jesus. We're talking about the blood. And when we take communion, it's in remembrance of Him, of His sacrifice, of His shed blood, of His broken body. So, I'm talking about the blood here. So, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. And it says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, of your thought life. Be sober and rest your hope fully on the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, your former life, before you come to Christ, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father who is without partiality, judges according to each one's work. Conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, in reverence to God, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition of your fathers. But here it is, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Oh, my goodness. He indeed was foreordained from the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Man, if it was the last times over 2,000 years ago, how much closer are we to the end now? Think about that. Who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. So the blood of Jesus, it's very clear We are expected to honor the blood. We are expected to respect the blood. And we are expected to constantly be reminded of the blood of Jesus. Amen? Go to Matthew 27. The Word of God refers to Jesus' blood as innocent. He was innocent. Amen? As I was watching the passion of the Christ and Him getting beaten, that's what kept coming to me. My goodness... It, he, this was a, he was innocent, and he is just getting just just my I mean all to the point of death beaten. But that was the whole point. Praise God, Amen. That's the whole point. When the morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying, here it is, innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. 
Jesus or Judas hung himself because of the guilt of betraying the spotless and innocent Lamb of God. Jesus, now by the way, he was innocent. He was innocent. Jesus had an earthly mother, Mary. We all know that, right? But Jesus did not have an earthly father. Uh, Jesus was conceived, conceived in the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit. Mary was a virgin up until Jesus' birth. Are you following me? Now listen to me, my Catholic friends. She did not remain a virgin after Jesus. Jesus had a brother. Are you following me? She remained a virgin until Jesus was born. Are you following me? Jesus, because his daddy was Father God, Jesus did not have that sin nature in him because he did not have an earthly father. Are you following me, somebody? This is why he is referred to as a spotless Lamb of God. Now, here we go. The blood of Jesus offers remission of sin. Say remission. This is powerful. I'll take hold of this. The word remission signifies this. A release from bondage. Release from imprisonment. A dismissal. A sending away. And forgiveness. Listen to this. With the added quality of canceling out all judgment, all punishment, all obligation, or all debt. The blood of Jesus offers a remission, an absolute release. And this is your document right here that proves it. This is your deed right here. This deed has been filed in the register of deeds in heaven. This is registered on earth. This is registered in every dimension. Are you following me? This is a legal deed and Satan hates it. The kingdom of darkness hates it. This is your deed right here. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Go to Romans chapter 3. Hallelujah. Satan and, and the kingdom of darkness, they hate the word of God. All the revelation that's contained in it. They don't want you to know about it. They don't want you to get a revelation of it. Romans 3, 19. It says, now we, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. That's why Ray Comfort, his ministry, the way of the master, when he evangelizes someone, he uses the law. Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever done this? Have you ever written there saying, yeah, well, you're guilty. So that by the law, that's how you know you're under sin. Are you following me? So it it, it points to, yes, I'm a sinner. And it points to, I need Jesus. That's how we use the law. Amen? Amen. Now, Here we go. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ and uh, to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
being justified freely by his grace through the redemption or him buying us back that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation, as a sacrifice by his blood, say blood, Blood. through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So you can do all, if you have not put your faith in Jesus Christ, you can do all the good works you can do and you're still filthy rags. You need to have faith in Jesus. That's where it begins. And then what you do, uh, your work-wise with faith in Jesus, now it's profitable for you. Are you following me, somebody? But it all comes down to the faith in in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Word of God refers to Jesus' blood is all-sufficient. The blood of Jesus is better than the blood of bulls and goats that were under the Old Covenant. The Word of God refers to Jesus' blood as a cleansing of our sins. Look at 1 John 1.7. 1 John 1.7. Hallelujah. 1 John 1.7. It says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us. From all sin. Only the blood of Jesus has the power to wash the sins away from mankind. Amen? Amen. Peace with God is only found in the blood of Jesus. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I want you to dream about the blood of Jesus tonight. I want to talk about it so much that I want you to go home. I want, on your drive home. I want it to be stuck in your thought life. The blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. It's the blood of Jesus that all of the benefits of the new covenant come through. Amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one. And has broken down the middle wall of separation. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man. Say one new man. man. From two, thus making peace, in that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. Man, that's good. The enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off and to those who are near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Thank, oh, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. We have been put in right standing before God. This is what you've got to understand. This is why you can't run away from God when you messed up. Because that wall, that, that, that wall of enmity has been taken away. God says, no, come to me. Come to me, amen? amen. Dead religion says, oh, my dad's going to kill me after he found out, finds out what I've done. And, and relationship says, oh, I need to talk to my dad after what I just did. Are you following me? There's a difference. Amen? amen. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Hallelujah. 
Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. I'm almost done here. Hallelujah. He has delivered us from the power, authority of darkness, and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood. You see how important the blood is? Constantly, it's the blood, the blood. Life is in the blood. The forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him, Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in, that in all things He might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him, in Jesus, that all the fullness should dwell. And by Him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Man, that's powerful. Because of the shed blood of Jesus, we have a new address. We have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. Satan and evil spirits, and they no longer, if you're a child of God, they legally have no authority over you. No authority. You need to start pleading the blood of Jesus over your life. You need to tell them. You need to say, I plead the blood. I claim the blood of Jesus. I am released from you, devil. I am released from you, cancer. I am released. Come on. Whatever it is, I am released because of the precious blood of Jesus. You have a new Lord now if you're a Christian. The Lord Jesus Christ. We have been sanctified. That word sanctified means you literally, you've been set apart by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 9 through 11. Your your past sins are wiped away and you are declared not guilty in the courts of heaven because of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus Christ has overcoming power in it. Go to Revelation 12, 11 here. Revelation 12, 11. If you believe it, you got to say something. Come on, somebody. Christianity is not silent. And it says this, Revelation 12, 11, And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. I want you to notice in this passage of Scripture that we must verbally enforce the benefits and the authority that we have through the blood of Jesus Christ. Our words release power. Our words release authority. Our words give permission to angels. Our words give permission to the Holy Ghost to move. Amen? Words are so powerful you can't even get born again without believing in your heart in the resurrection and confessing Jesus as Lord. Are you following me? So words are extremely important. Now I want to close out with Matthew 27. Now, the blood of Jesus is so powerful. 
that there have been times and services that it's made demons manifest because they hate the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. My, think of the power that's in the blood. If demons are moved as such, we as Christians need to be moved in awe at the blood of Jesus. Amen? <laughs> now, Matthew 27, verse 45, and I want to end it with this. <laughs> you want me to keep going? I can do that all night, all night. Glory to God. Now, when the sixth hour, now from the sixth hour, until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there when they heard that said, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Man, this is powerful. You've got to remember, this is not just a good bedtime story. This actually happened. This happened. Then behold, let's look at this. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were open. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, and they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those who were with him, who were guarding Jesus, saw the earthquake and the things that have happened, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. Think about it. The whole earthquake at the Son of God. And many women who followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, were there looking on from afar, among whom were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. Now when the evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And Mary Magdalene was there and the other Mary sitting opposite of the tomb. On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together to Pilate saying, Sir, we remember while he was still alive how that deceiver, can you believe they called him a deceiver? After three days, I will rise. Therefore, command that the tomb may be made secure until the third day lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people he has risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a guard, go your way, make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. Well, there's a lockdown that didn't work, amen? 
another lockdown that didn't work. The veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. You want to know what this means? This means this, that Jesus made a way for us to have that close and intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father that Adam and Eve had in the garden. It takes us back to the garden. Are you following me? Through faith in the work of the cross and the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ, there was and is a divine reset back to the Garden of Eden. That is, that there is divine healing for the physical body. There is divine healing for your soul, mind, will, and emotions. There is salvation for every area of our life. It is a divine exchange. Jesus took our sin and he gave us everything he had. His righteousness. And it's because of that righteousness that we qualify for all the benefits of salvation. We are 100% delivered from the curse of the law. Listen to this. The only power of the curse of the law and that the enemy has over you is what you give them in thought, word, and deed. Thought, word, and deed. You can take it away right now. And you put, you put the enemy on notice and you say, I plead the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ over me, body, soul, and spirit, over my family, over my finances, over my ministry, whatever it is, you plead the blood of Jesus. Jesus Christ was indeed the perfect sacrifice. And as we remember Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and his death on this Good Friday, remember, this isn't the end. The best is yet to come. Sunday is coming, and it's going to be glorious. So now let's take our elements right now. Let's examine our heart as we prepare to take communion here. Man, I talked a lot. I, I really wanted to hammer home the blood, the blood. Say it with me. The blood of Jesus covers me, body, soul, and spirit. Hallelujah. In fact, let's stand up in this place right now. Now, before we do communion, I want to say this. If there's anybody in this place, you have never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life. Today is the day of salvation. He did it over 2,000 years ago, and it's just as fresh today as when it happened over 2,000 years ago. If that's you, if you never made Jesus Lord of your life, all you need to do is say this. Say, God, I am a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on the cross and He rose from the dead. And it's that Jesus that I confess as Lord. Hallelujah. If you prayed that and you meant it, you are born again right now. You understand that? Now, if, does everybody have their element? Does anybody need one? You're all good. All right. So... Lord, wow, on this Good Friday. It indeed is a Good Friday. It is good for us, for you. Oh, Lord, I, I just can't even fathom. Oh, horrible. But, Lord, you, <laughs> you, you set your love upon us, and you did it anyways. So, Lord, we thank you for taking those stripes. We thank you. For, for keeping your mouth shut, for staying there. You could have called on angels. You could have uh, delivered yourself, but you didn't. And Jesus, we remember your broken body. You may partake 
of the bread. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, and Jesus, we thank you for your shed blood. Holy Spirit, take us deeper, deeper revelation into the blood. It's all about the blood. If there was no blood, there is no remission of sin. If there was no shed blood of Jesus, we would not be redeemed from the curse of the law. Jesus, we remember your precious blood. We thank you for the remission that we are released. We are set free. That the debt has been paid by your perfect sacrifice. You may partake of the drink. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, as we close here, this is what I had a vision of. This is what I had a vision of. Here's what I want everybody to do. This is how we're going to release and and be released from the service tonight. Hallelujah. Think about this. Oh, my goodness. I feel the presence of God right now. Whatever you have going on in your life, you have a sickness, you have a disease, you have a bondage, you have depression, whatever it is, you have a guilt, a guilt about something that you have done in your past. Something has been weighing you down. There, I'm telling you, something, whatever is weighing you down, here's what I want you to do. This side, I want you to come up here and I want you to just touch this cross. And when you touch this cross, you're believing, you're transferring that from you off of you onto the cross by faith. Now, there's nothing special or magical about this thing. This is just symbolic. Are you following me? Remember the priests with the the sacrifices, they would lay their hands on the animal and it would transfer, right? So this is what, so this side, what I want to start with the front, Just come up and you exit going on on that side. This side, you just come up and just lightly just touch and, and exit the sanctuary that way. But as you touch this cross, I'm serious. This is an act of faith. This is what the Holy Spirit showed me. Whatever it is, sickness, disease, infirmity, guilt, whatever it is, when you touch that cross, I literally want you to have a vision in your imagination of that thing coming off of your life and being put on the cross. Amen? Let's do that right now. Thank you, Lord. Go right ahead. You can start. This side, on this side, and that side, just come right up. 